Uh, I had a message I was going to do today, and it's part of a, a five-week series, and, and it's really strange because last week I talked about how it was kind of like Satan was, was coming against us and, and the message and stuff like that. And then after the message was over, I talked to a couple other people, and it, it seemed even more evident that Satan was, was kind of trying to stop this. And then I got to thinking about this with all the weather and things, and I go, and, and, and I'm, I'm battling and wrestling with this because maybe, I don't think Satan is the one that causes this because God could stop it if he wanted to. But, you know, maybe, just maybe there, there's something in all of this that we need to be paying attention to. And, and so, we're, like I said, we're going to do it next week, but this week the message is peace in the midst of the storm. And, and I think there's some of this in that sometimes when storms, when things happen, you, it gets your attention just a little bit more. Now, if I were to ask you the question, those of you in here, those of you online, how many of you have ever experienced a storm? Yeah, all of us. When we just had one this past weekend, and, and if you're on Facebook, you may have seen I posted from seven years ago, we had another storm where everything was covered with, uh, with snow and ice, and in the division house, there was an icicle that was hanging down from one of the downspouts, which was about three or four inches in, in circumference or diameter through it and things. Um, and it happens. Lisa and I, we lived on Guam in 1976, and there was a typhoon, Typhoon Pamela, that came through, and the winds were over 200 miles an hour. Lisa and I, uh, now you're going to think that storms just follow me around. Lisa and I, we were in Vallejo, California, when the big earthquake hit and took down the Bay Bridge and caused the World Series, which was going to be to the Giants and the Oakland, and, and shut all that down. So most of us can say we've been in, in storms and you can talk about it. But I want to talk today about storms in our lives. Every hand would raise if, if you had one. Storms, or no one's immune to them in, in, around the physical world or even in our lives. And our scripture is actually found in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. I'm going to read it for you. If you those in here, if you want to stand, you're welcome to. You can stay seated. You may want to do some laps to warm up a little bit if you want to. Uh, it, it's really kind of play it however you feel. Um, it reads like this. Begin at verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Thank you. You may be seated and may the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Now today I want us to, to talk about, I want to give you three different ways that we can have peace or things that help to have peace in the midst of a storm. The first way is to trust in God's word. I'm sure you've heard this statement before that says, God said it, I believe it, and that's good enough for me, or, or that settles it for me. This is the way it should be. 
but many times it isn't that way. There are people who can quote God's word. They have memorized books of the Bible. But when the rubber meets the road, they have a hard time living what it says. Maybe it's because we don't realize that God's word is living and it's active. Like Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that it will accomplish in your life what it says it will accomplish just have to believe. God's word has stood the test of time, and it is still the number one bestseller. You know, back in, in 9-11, when the attacks happened in New York, sales of Bibles soared through the roof because the Bible is a book of comfort. God's word is comforting to us. There are many times in the scripture where God's word was spoken, and then it came to pass. You see, God said in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God's word also came to pass in Abraham and Sarah's life. God said to them, you will have a son. Now, even though they tried to, to get ahead of God's plan and, and try to figure out on their own how to have a son, eventually Sarah had Isaac, even though she was old and past the age of childbearing. God also said, in Numbers 13, he says to Moses, here is the land I promised you. It's yours. Go and spy out the land. And so they did. They went in there, and it was exactly as God had said it was going to be. The land that was flowing with milk and honey. The only problem was they had failed to trust God's word, and so they had to go and wander around in the desert for 40 years before they could obtain the promised land. All throughout Scripture, we see God's word being proclaimed and coming to pass. The Scriptures predicted the coming of the Messiah, and it happened just like the prophets, just like the Scripture said. God's word, it has stood the test of time. And yet many times we hear it, and we may even have it in our head, and yet we fail to apply it. We fail to apply it to a situation because... It's not in our hearts. When you look at our scripture this morning, you can see something very important. In verse 35, Jesus says, let's go over to the other side. If you notice in that, when he says, let us go over to the other side, Jesus is including himself with the disciples. I am sure that that passed right over the disciples' head. They, they never even thought about, hey, Jesus is there in the storm with them. It's the, but Jesus said that he was going to pass through with them. He would go to the other side with them. They didn't have to be afraid. It's the same promise that David writes about in Psalms 23 when he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I know this is not easy, but it's there. It means that you will come out the other side. Whatever it is you're going through, it means you'll come out on the other side. Because of course, Scripture that applies to us today and even more to them is in Matthew chapter 28. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the world. 
You see, he is just as much here now, in the midst of all this, in the midst of whatever you happen to be going through, just as he was with them, the disciples there on the boat. The only difference was they could physically see him, and we can't physically see him, but we can see him working in our lives. He said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. We too will pass to the other side, no matter what the storm of life is, no matter what it is, all we have to do is to trust his word. The second thing that we must do in order to have peace in the midst of the storm is to not fear. I know this is hard because the whole world, we live in a world that is surrounded with, with fear. Probably so. Fear it does not come from God, but rather from the devil. Remember when fear came into the world? You have to go back all the way to the Garden of Eden. It was in the garden, and Adam and Eve, they have sinned. And what did they do? They went and they hid themselves. And God, he came looking for them. And he said, why are you hiding? And Adam responded, and Adam said, I was afraid, and I was naked. Now, there is a, a good fear and there is a bad fear. Good fear keeps us from killing ourselves. Also, good fear is a, a fear of, of King Jesus. There's this, this awe and this reverence that we have toward God, that we have toward Jesus. But the bad fear, it has a very different, a very negative effect on our lives. It causes us to lose faith. It causes us to go off onto all kinds of different directions, to chase different rabbit holes. This kind of fear, it simply comes from the devil. When Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. A spirit of fear is very destructive. It causes worry, it causes anxieties, it causes these panic attacks. It can even cause depression. And fear, if we're not careful, it can come upon us. Very suddenly, and we chase, again, we chase these rabbit holes and, and, and we get absorbed into it. This is apparently what happened in our scripture today. It was toward the evening. They go and they, they get into this boat and they're going to go to the other side. And I'm sure it was a very calm evening. You could look out there and, and the sea would have been calm. So Jesus, he spent the whole day in ministry. He goes to the back of the boat. He lays down. And while he is laying there asleep, a, a sudden storm, it comes up and it rages. Now this can happen to any of us, can it? A phone call, an accident, a sickness can happen and suddenly and before you know it, I remember when I got the phone call, it was a Sunday evening, the worship team, the choir was here practicing and I got the call that my mom was being rushed to the hospital. She had, something had happened, she wasn't feeling well, they rushed to the hospital and so I quickly got in the car and I had to drive all the way up to Everett, Washington, a two-hour drive. And your mind can chase a lot of things in a two-hour drive in a car by yourself. And we allow ourselves to go off and to do things. It, that's what happens to us. It's one split moment. You're right in the middle of that storm and you're wrestling and trying to figure out where to go and what to do. But there are several things to note about this story. One is that even though Jesus was with them, the storm, it still came, 
which means that no one is immune to storms. Even Jesus faced them. Being a Christian doesn't exempt you from storms. Secondly, even after the storm began, Jesus, he did not wake up. Remember, it says he was still sleeping in the stern. I mean, the disciples are probably there. Water's coming in. They're, they're bailing out water. They're frantic, trying to do whatever they can, can do. The boat, is, it's rocking side to side. It's taking on water. And Jesus is still asleep, which means we are not always instantly delivered when the storm comes. You see, storms, they help our faith to grow. Isn't that what James tells us? Count it all joy when you fall into various temptations or are, it's also translated, tested in different ways. Count it all joy? Really? What are you talking about? That there, you're supposed to be happy when, when a storm comes? Supposed to be happy when, when hard times come? Well, we don't have to be happy. We don't have to get mad. We don't have to worry and be filled with anxiety. See, what they're talking about is joy. And joy isn't because of the storm. Joy is simply because in that storm, we know that our faith is growing. We know that we can rely on Jesus Christ. It can grow stronger as we go through whatever it is we're going through. The third thing it brings me to is how to have peace in the midst of the storm is to have faith in God. Have you ever known God to fail you? Has, he ever, has there ever been a time in your life when God has let you down, when he hasn't been there? The answer would be no, of course not. And so if he's never let you down in the past, why would we ever think that he's going to let us down now or in the future, and yet we still chase after those at times? You see, what the disciples should have experienced was knowing that when Jesus said that they're going to go to the other side, that they were actually going to get to the other side. They would get there safe. No matter how great the storm was, sure, they might have to bail some water out of the boat. There might have been a little bit of fear knowing that Jesus was there and, and he could calm it all and take care of it. They're not going to drown. Jesus is there with them. They'll get to the other side. But disciples are a lot like many other people today. They're scared. They went and they, they're waking Jesus up frantically and they say, teacher, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Did they really think that Jesus was going to drown? I mean, they'd already seen him heal the sick, cast out demons. So when Jesus wakes up, he simply says to the raging sea, quiet, be still. Another version puts it, peace, be still. And the wind, it ceased. And there was a great calm. And then what did Jesus say to the disciples? He said, why are you so afraid? And that's a, a good question that we need to ask ourselves at times. I mean, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and always, if he's the same God, then why do we have fear? He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. 
He will be with us always, even to the end of the age, to the end of the world. Then why are we so fearful when we can be trusting in him? It's because at times when we get caught in the middle of it, we're not actually sure that he is going to work everything out. Do we think that God isn't going to be at work for us? God knows what is very best for our lives. And he always has the right timing. So even though you are in a storm, even though you have to go through it, God will be with you. And you will come out the other side at the right time. Doesn't always mean that we need to just sit around and and wait for deliverance from a storm. Because God can direct us. He can guide us. He can help to lead us. Remember the disciples, they had to bail the boat. They had to do some stuff. But it didn't mean that God wasn't with them. God should not be our co-pilot, simply be our co-pilot. It's not like some bumper sticker say, God is my co-pilot. Rather, God should be the pilot or he should be the one that is in the driver's seat. And we should be following after him, not him following after us. The second thing that Jesus said to them was, do you still have no faith? I mean, whatever faith they they must have had when they got in the boat, somehow they lost it in the middle of the storm. If there is no faith, then there is no hope. And if there is no hope, then there is nothing left for us to hang on to. We need to hang on to faith. We need to hang on to the hope that we have. Maybe you've heard the the story of a man named George. He was walking through the mountain one day, and he, he was taking pictures of the beautiful scenery. And when he got a little too close to the edge, he, he lost his balance and he slipped and he started to fall. And he quickly reached out and he, he grabbed onto a tree branch. And as he's there hanging and, and, and stuff, he's yelling, help, help. But no one came. See, he was all alone. And then suddenly he heard a voice that said, George. And so George says, is that you, Lord? Yes, George, it's me. Do you trust me? And George replied, oh, yes, Lord, I know I do with all of my heart. Do you have faith in me? Oh, yes, Lord, I will do whatever you say. The voice comes back and says, then George, let go of the branch. What? I said, let go of the branch. And then there was dead silence. It was completely quiet. And George yelled up, Is anyone else up there? You see, we say that we trust God in the hard times, but when it really comes down to it, do we really trust him? Are we willing to let God do it his way? Or are we still trying to to do it our way and say, God, this is the way I'm going to try to do it. Please help me do it this way. God may have another way he wants to do it. Isaiah chapter 26 at verse 3, it says, it's a very powerful scripture. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Do you hear that? Perfect peace. Does this just mean when the storm is not raging? No, it means all the time, even when you're going through a storm, you can be at peace if you're trusting God, knowing that he is there with you, he will go through it, you will get through to the other side. Paul, he summed it up fairly well in in Philippians chapter 4. 
He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. It's here. It's the same. sums it up quite well. If we go, and we've read through Mark chapter 4, if you go to the very next chapter in Mark chapter 5 at verse 1, it says, they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. The New American Standard says, they came to the other side of the sea. And whatever storm you are facing, whatever storm that you go through, you too, with God, going with you, you will make it to the other side, no matter what the circumstances are. Just trust God, fear not, and have faith in him.